1: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detelier, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. And on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, we got the women's head basketball coach, Kim Mulkey. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Coach, I'm going to tell you a little story that I've never seen before. Every Monday night, Bobby and I, during the football season, uh, we do the show from the Silver Slipper Casino uh, in Mississippi. In Bay St. Louis. And so, you know, it's mostly a football-oriented show and that sort of thing. But this Monday, I saw something I've never seen before. We've done it since 08. The crowd there was saying, wait a minute, come 6 o'clock, y'all put those big-screen TVs on on the Lady Tigers basketball game. We yep. want to watch <laughs> LSU play Tennessee. Coach, that is the greatest cup comp- and listen, the people that are watching it these aren't uh, what I would call avid uh women's basketball watching fans. But they were night. But they, but they night. were that night they were, met put those TVs on there because we on stage, we can see to the sides of us, and they had the LSU-Tennessee game on the big screens, and everybody was watching. Even people that were playing, doing a little bit of gaming, they were turning and looking at the screen to see and, and watch the game. To me, that's an ultimate compliment of what you've done and what the Lady Tigers have accomplished. Well, that's,
2: that is uh, – that's – an honor, uh, if you can say it that way. It's fun. And uh, I think, you know, you said something that that's really meaningful to me throughout my career. I've always wanted to bring the male into our arena that didn't give a flip about women's sports or women's basketball. And I've, I've been able to do that. And I think it's because when I have conversations with guys, they're like, you would think you're talking to a dude. This woman knows sports. She talks like <laughs> we do. She doesn't get offended. And I think when you see the elite of the elite women's players play, you at least have to respect it. And and I always tell this cute story. I'm divorced now, but hell, I had to beat my husband, one on ex husband, <laughs> one on one for him to understand and respect that. At the home. My son, he doesn't play with us anymore. I brought him out there and they were just slapping him all over the the floor. So. I think, you know, there's nothing worse than watching girls that can't play. But what is worse, I should say, what is worse is watching guys that can't play. (laughs) When you see good basketball or anything that's good and excellent, you you can't help but kind of look over there. And then in your area, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, we're down here in the south, you kind of take a little interest.
3: You know, uh, Coach Malky, I thought this is impressive. It's all about strategy. you know how do you motivate your team uh, to get them ready to play? Now you take it one game at a time. But I'm looking at the Lady vowels, your competition. Uh, you know they were 16 and 8, but they were 8 and 1 now in the, in the SEC. They were 8 and 0 coming into the game, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, a, a unbelievable tough schedule uh, with five of their seven losses. Uh, teams currently that were ranked no lower than number 17 in the AP poll and three in the top 10. And uh, you look at the Vols were we'll picked to finish second behind a reigning national champion South Carolina ahead of LSU in the preseason predictions. So uh, obviously uh, you didn't forget that. You declared your team an underdog. Well, that's rightfully so considering the preseason rankings. So is that also from the middle perspective how you deal with the team and say, look, no one expects you to win because what, what we're well, Tennessee in their tradition and, and looking at the preseason rankings and all that stuff.
2: First of all, it's not tradition. I throw tradition out the door. When Pat Summit no longer coached, that tradition is gone. What it was is they should have been selected in front of us because they had more experience. They uh, brought in uh, transfers who were seniors, more experience. And I get it. They've got a lot of depth. But what you do as a coach is – we we keep winning, and we keep getting criticized for a terrible non-conference schedule, and we're good with that. We don't pretend to be somebody we're right. not. So you say, why aren't we the underdog? Just because we're ranked third in the country, have a net of three, really, you know, we were picked third in the league. So if we beat them according to the predictions of the coaches in the league, then we're doing something we weren't supposed to do. So I'm not throwing things out there just to stick on a wall to try to motivate them. I'm throwing out things that were the truth. They were picked to finish ahead of us.
3: Now, uh, Coach Mulkey, uh, to me, I, don't know, I take the Dennis Rodman approach, uh, that uh, rebound, you got to want to rebound. Uh, everybody wants to shoot or they want to score. I thought this was interesting, uh, that you look at Tennessee, how they were structured. Uh, you know, you commented on that they were, you know, outstanding on the boards. They had four starters uh, taller than six feet. And then I look at uh, the, the Volunteers out rebounded LSU, uh, which entered the game with the second best rebounding margin in the SEC at plus twenty-two point one. And in the first half, it was twenty-seven to twenty in the first half, including twelve offensive rebounds. What did you tell them at halftime? Because uh, you kept this that kept the score close, so to speak but then you asserted yourself on the boards, and you had a 25-11 to 11 advantage in the second half. What did you do? You well, light a fire you, on them or what? <laughs>
2: well I didn't I didn't wait. If you watch that game closely, I didn't wait till halftime. I got <laughs> up from a squat when they had five offensive rebounds right there in front of our bench, and I was adamant, and I called a timeout, and I lit a fire in them at that moment. They were out rebounding us. They were out hustling us to lose the ball. So I didn't wait till halftime. When you get somebody – on your home floor that gets five offensive boards right in front of you, it's time to call a timeout and light a fire then. So I did it then, and then when we went in the locker room, I explained to them, here's what you're not doing. Angel Reese, you're a double-double every night. Well, you got four and four. Well, yeah, you're guarding a player that's away from the basket, but you still got to turn around and go get us some rebounds. Uh, And then she ends up with a double-double. In the second half, you know how many offensive boards Tennessee had? Two.
3: Two. Oh, whoa. Hello. (laughs)
2: Quite a different
3: half. Yeah, that's awesome, Coach Malky. Looking at, uh, you know, Alexis uh, Morris had a career-high 31 points. You talk about Angel Reese kept her streak of consecutive double-doubles, going with 18 points, 17 rebounds. Is that something that uh, you're not asking too much? Is she considered what they call the Bayou Barbie? Is that is that Angel <laughs> Reese? Where they go, the Bayou Barbie, whatever. I mean, whatever that means. But all I know that's is that's you, what he is being engaged to. Hey, hey, so the you're, Bayou expecting, you're expecting a double double from her because she has that ability.
2: Well, she hasn't not had one in every game with Clay, So everybody right. does. It. And I don't know who gave her the nickname of Bayou Barbie, but it fits her. We live in the Bayou. She's beautiful. She's got that Barbie doll look and those beautiful eyelashes and makeup and all the good stuff that I guess people describe Barbie to look like. Uh, but she she came out in that second half and was a different kid.
3: You, you know, uh, Coach Volke, okay, I, I can tell you, I know you never look ahead, uh, but I'm a look ahead because I'm a fan. And I think a number of LSU fans will look at this. And it just so happens, a man. I wish y'all were playing on a Saturday, but but but, but I'll t- tune in on a Sunday. Uh, look at the, the collision, uh, so to speak, in Columbia against number one University of South Carolina. It's looming. Um, we got to wait and see what's going to come about. But man, that they schedule that game Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I, well, I, I, they,
2: I done <laughs> they, they did. I think our game is before Super Bowl starts, so right. maybe that'll give people a, a chance to watch. You know that that game, and then. Tune in to, to the Super Bowl. Um, yes, the fans, I get it. They're looking for that game. I understand it. But, you know, I'm thinking about Georgia's uh, matchup zone tomorrow, and they press you in a 2-2-1 two, two, one, or 1-2-1-1 one, one, one the whole game. So, yes, I understand, but I'm going make to make it perfectly clear, Bobby. South Carolina is so good, I don't know that anybody can beat them. Will we fight like heck? You better believe we will. Uh, but they are so de- deep and so talented that sometimes I think they played bored because they know they can turn it on and anytime they want. They're that good, and uh, we hope that we can give them a game there. We hope that we can grow in that game and. You know, what did Herm Edwards say? That's why you play the game. And right, right. Uh, if, if, we, if, the, if the ones that are supposed to win always win, then let's just forfeit. You don't have to yeah. worry about it. But it doesn't work like that in, in athletics. And we're going to get ready for Georgia, get ready for A&M, and, and the next few games this week. And if the 12th comes and we're still undefeated and they are, it's going to make for good talk.
3: You know, uh, Coach Malky, when I read this, it's like, man, this was like Katrina time you got to go back to 2005 in that time frame. Uh, But you look at the crowd, at the PMAC. I mean, all of a sudden, you got 15,157 people in that number. The largest uh, PMAC crowd uh, since the seating was reconfigured in 2005. Now, I know it's short, and and you want this to continue, but you have to be proud of that, that they're showing that much interest. Uh, Because you know why? You know what I say? If it's a sport— even if it's women's soccer, whatever, softball, uh, or whatever it might be, like uh, women's basketball or track and field, uh, in any sport, gymnastics, whatever it might be. If you're winning, people want to support a winner. The, the, don't you think that kind of goes along with the
1: territory? If you win, people want to be in that number. How many people watch the Williams sisters when they play tennis? Well,
2: okay. If right. you're,
1: <laughs> think of that. Yeah.
2: If, if you're watching the elite and you're watching – uh, how hard they play, how good they are, and you're watching uh, things like that. You're gonna turn it over. Now you're always gonna have the male ego at play. They're never, some never gonna do it. You're not, you know. I'm just not interested. Right. I, I like, you know. I get that. I have a son. I have all these male friends. I understand it, but I tell them this: if you'll come one time and you don't like it, don't come back. And ironically enough, they come back and they bring friends, and they're like, "This is fun. This atmosphere is crazy."
1: Coach, uh, I know you you always kind of watch what other coaches do, uh, and your thoughts. Sean Payton sits out a year, and now he's back in the NFL. of Of what type impact a coach makes uh, on a, on a team? It, it doesn't matter if it's basketball. Uh, women's men's are also on the football side of it uh, your thoughts on on Sean returning back to the game after a year in hiatus where you know he did the television deal and everything else but the impact of Peyton uh, to the denver area
2: well I, I can only speak coaching wise pro sports is so different than than college guys but let me just talk a little bit I think all of us uh, Kim Mulkey would stay at Baylor, retire, live happily ever after. Dynasty built. I think all of us also thought Sean Payton would do the same thing. What was he? 16 years? Ever how long? Yeah, 16 years. 16, 16, yeah. Correct. So I don't think any of us saw that coming. And then when it did happen, you saw he's burnt out. He needs a breather. Uh, but then you realize he's too young. He's too young to step away permanently. He didn't leave under bad circumstances or anything like that. So now he's rejuvenated. And the right, sounds like to me from what I've read, the right situation presented itself to him, and he liked what he heard, and um, he'll win. He knows what he's doing. Uh, you can't deny that. Uh, what you will tell him is, Bro, have you ever shoveled snow in the morning? We'll take hurricanes any time over snow. Oh, he's going to hire
1: somebody
3: to
2: do yeah, that.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not going to do that, Kim. He's going to get some. He's going to some yard yeah, man to still, do that.
2: it's still cold, baby. I'll yeah. take these hurricanes and tornadoes and floods <laughs> and everything else to wake up to that cold every day.
3: Now, now, now Kim, um, when you look at, uh, obviously, uh, boy, whenever, uh, you know, you could be a Final Four, um, you know, type team and as far as, uh, you know, look at recruiting and you try and entice players to come on, how has that affected, like, now? And it's all universal because the game has changed compared to when you start uh, coaching name, image, and likeness, and you got the transfer report and all that. Is it, is, it, uh, is it just more work for you or more work for you and your staff or what?
2: Well, the NIL stuff, honestly, I stay away from it. Because back in our day, Bobby, that was cheating. You couldn't pay. You couldn't go out to dinner with with, uh, boosters or wash your clothes over there. So I'm like, I don't want to learn all of that. But I don't want to be the one that's against it because if you are, you're going to get left behind in recruiting. So LSU was one of the first institutions to embrace it. If you go back and look at all the advertisement in Times Square, it was – LSU and NIL and all that stuff, and they were smart enough to embrace it. And I can tell you it does matter. Uh, Brand matters now. These kids pay attention to it. The NIL stuff, uh, they pay attention to it. Um, And, you know, quite frankly, I'm so grateful that LSU has its own department in athletics that deals with it. I have assigned one of my coaches, you're the liaison, because I don't want to deal with it. They can't (laughs) ask me in recruiting about, Coach, what can you do for me? Because I'll tell them, oh, no, you have to wait and talk to our NIL people (laughs) and they can explain to you what's going on.
3: Yeah, uh, all I know is uh, if you got an Angel Reese type player, Uh, that, okay. Uh, I'm gonna hook you up with somebody. I don't know if you can even say that. Uh, but no, uh, we can't. Oh, you can't can't can't. even say that. Oh, well, whoever's in charge, No,
2: we can't touch it.
3: Well, whoever's in charge NIL, they know who to pay. Come on. (laughs) When
2: I, when I bring them to campus, that's one of the visits they have is with uh, our NIL department and they can show them all the things the collective does for all the uh, the teams, you know, Flajay Johnson, the rapper on my team, she yeah. probably is top ten in the country in NIL stuff. Whoa. And um, that's because she does so many things with music and everything else, and, uh, and, and I can't imagine that Angel Reese is far behind her. Uh, it's here to stay. Yeah. You better embrace it. Uh, you better make sure as an institution that you're always promoting it and putting it out there uh, because somebody – or outdo you yeah yeah, uh
1: quick scouting report on on georgia uh who you're playing tomorrow
2: they're going to press you the entire time they have a new coach she was at central florida forever she actually built a dynasty there no one ever thought she would leave but she is a she she played at georgia so she brought all of her players with her Uh, they match up in a a 2-3 zone. We have not seen that much this year. We haven't seen much of a press, and we better handle it better than we did against Tennessee when they went to the press when we were up 14. So uh, that's what you're going to see, and you're going to see it for 40 minutes. They will not deviate from that no matter what the score is. So you're going to have to handle those two areas. uh, And and if we do and take care of the ball, um, we'll get better tomorrow because we haven't seen much zone.
3: You know, uh, Coach Malky, I just go way back. I, I've always liked sports. I just like uh, competitive sports, who's winning, who's losing. I look back, uh, and I want you to explain to me. Okay, I, I look at like old school, uh, when you were there, like Louisiana Tech. You talk about Pat Summitt at, at Tennessee. Uh, you look at Stanford. Uh, you look at UConn. All of a sudden, okay, you look at the, the programs they established, what you did at Baylor, on and on. Why? Where did all of a sudden South Carolina come out of nowhere? Now, you might say, well, that, that, hey, Bobby, what are you talking about? I'm talking about even like old school. South Carolina wasn't as relevant and as dominant as they are right now. How did that come about?
2: Well, you're seeing the Power Five conference schools invest money in the women's basketball now. You're going to listen to this comment. I don't think there is a team – in the country, in women's basketball, that makes money. Did you hear what I just said? Whoa. Because the men make the money when they get to the NCAA tournament. The dollar signs are off the charts. Football is the cash cow at every university, and then men's basketball. We could win national championship after national championship, and you're probably still going to have a deficit, and that included back in the day when Pat was at Tennessee, right. the UConn. And the Le- it's just the way it is because you don't have those dollar signs with the NCAA tournament. So you have to evaluate as the president and the AD and the administration, what is the value of a dang good women's basketball team? And it starts with television coverage. See, the average fan will sit there, the young person that's playing girls' high school basketball, and see these teams on TV and see 15000 in an arena and see people going crazy and go, wow, I want to be a part of that. You can't place a dollar value on the exposure that you can get if you will just invest in good coaching and keep those good coaches there. And uh, that's the hard part because a lot of times, ADs are just looking at that dollar sign. They're looking at, you know, the revenue. They're looking at all those things. You're not going to get that in probably any women's sport. And that's just the truth. And, And I can deal with that because what I will turn around and say, you can't put a dollar sign on the value that a Gino or a Pat or a Kim Mulkey or somebody has to that institution and into that state.
3: Now, uh, you know, Coach Walker, before I let you go, uh, I know you're a big uh, baseball fan. Look, your son was a stud at LSU. He goes on uh, with the Cardinals organization and all that. How about the preseason expectations with LSU baseball right now? What?
2: I can't wait. I can't wait. OJ, he's kind of yeah. quiet, you know, and I watch him and I'm thinking, okay, buddy, these expectations are good. But to whom much is given, much is expected. But he had to know that before right. he came. But they're supposed to be outstanding this year. I can't wait until our season's over and I can go sit and watch some baseball and some softball with the sun shining on me. Uh, Bobby, we, I've got professional baseball players at the major league level coming to the game tomorrow calling Kramer for tickets because they're in town <laughs> going to see Marucci for baseball bats tomorrow. I mean, the catcher for the Cubs who's now with the Cardinals. Uh, the, the outfielder you have to all of them are coming see those are people that wouldn't normally come to a women's basketball game but what made them come probably Kramer because they play with him right. probably saw it on tv you can't put a dollar value on that
1: coach thanks so much for joining us tonight we really appreciate it and uh, good luck tomorrow night against Georgia hey,
2: hey guys take care now all thank right,
1: you coach. so much women's Head basketball coach Kim Mulkey, always great to have on one of the best guests uh, we have here on WWL Radio. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?